Hi everyone and welcome to episode 51 of Salmon. We never thought we'd get past 50, but there you go. Now, this week we're going to discuss Generator X. So feel, please feel free to ask questions via Facebook or if you've registered on SAMA using the chat facility um, and I'll do my best to answer them. There's one or two things I know about Generator X and Spooky, so I'll do my best. And I will introduce a new accessory in the Spooky line. Um, I'll do that first because I've been told that most of the audience, in fact, are falling asleep halfway through the presentation. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase and I'll show it now. Now, this is our new accessory. It looks very similar. I'll put it on my white background so you can see it clearly. It looks like our Spooky Remote. And in some ways it is modeled to look that way, but it's very different. What it is, it's a sample holder. It's for use for Generator X. Um, as most of you all know, Generator X performs its biofeedback by monitoring the electrical signal that passes through the output. Your body changes the signal and reflects it back to the Generator X electronics. And then Generator X knows which frequencies produce the greatest biological responses. There is in the points, if you like, within your cells. And it's very fast, very effective, very, you know, da -da -da -da. you've heard this before. But this is new, and what this does is very, very exciting. Um, you use it with these PCBs. These are sample plates. The idea is you place some DNA sample on the plate. You cover it with a second plate and you put it inside the DNA holder. Commissar, like that. You connect this part onto your generator and you perform your biofeedback scan. Because you're not connected with hand cylinders or TENS pads, you're not restricted. You don't have to wait around for the result. And so you can perform a biofeedback scan more accurately you do it more accurately by increasing the samples per step. If you have a samples per step of 10, that means that for 10 cycles, the generator will measure the value of that frequency before it steps to the next frequency and will take the average of those 10. And so the effects of electrical noise and other spurious signals is reduced markedly and the results are smoother. The regular biofeedback scan that comes in the preset for Generator X is, um, it uses a samples per step value of one. It goes for a blast for just over six and a half minutes, which is extremely fast for the frequency range. But you can get the accuracy greater still by slowing it down and increasing the samples per step. So, we put our sample here. What sort of sample can you use? You can't put nails. The reason you can't put nails is these plates have to be 
virtually touching. For all intents and purposes, they are touching. So it's an extremely small gap between the two. You'll be asking me right now, why is there a gap when I've just said the word touching? Well, on the inside of these um, PCBs is a ring, a white ring. That's a screen printing on the printed circuit board. And there's two more here as well. This, the thickness of this ink is the gap that is presented for each half of these when they join together. And so it's like a tiny, tiny gap between these two plates. And what this does is form a capacitor. It forms a biological capacitor. The sort of samples that you want to put in here, I guess the ideal is blood. But one thing that's much more convenient is saliva. Saliva has a terrific amount of DNA and a terrific amount of pathogens that are residing inside your body is within your saliva. As you know, you can catch many different diseases just through um, you know, doing things with your saliva, let's say. And so saliva certainly is a very viable, um, viable um, solution to use for the biofeedback. As I said, it's got to be something liquid so it squishes down to nothing. And so you put either your blood or your saliva or something else. If, if you have got some other type of cell tissue that you can push put in there, that's great. As long as it's very, very, very thin. And you sandwich it like this. You have it so that these silver, sorry, these gold contacts are exposed. These are contacts that make, uh, that are connected to plates on the other side of this holder. And the contacts in turn contact little pins inside the holder. You can see two at the bottom and two in the top. When we were doing designing for this unit, I was explaining something to one of the crew here. And I drew the sample holder and I, I drew the pins. Then I thought to myself, gosh, that looks like a hippopotamus. <laughs> so I drew the eyes and the nose and we made it a hippo. But we decided against modeling it around a hippo because it's not quite the look we're after. But we're digressing. We put the holder inside here. There's two locating holes here. They ensure that it's positioned correctly inside the holder. And you put it inside here and you close it up. You might want to give it a wiggle until it's secure. And now you just put it onto your generator or it might be connected to your generator already. Output number one. The biofeedback only works on output number one for generator X for both of those generators. Don't use a boost. A boost isn't necessary and only increases the amount of noise that may enter the electrical circuitry. And then you go. You just push the do it button and the biofeedback starts. Uh, we'll be creating a preset specifically for the um, generator X sample holder. And it'll be very similar to the existing generator X biofeedback because the frequency range is pretty good. We might drop the lower frequency because We've had reports of uh, frequencies below 41 kilohertz providing very good results. And so we may, we may do the preset starting from 20 kilohertz, going up to 18 megahertz. Wow, what a range. And then you do the scan, and then at the end of the scan, you just look at the results the same as you do using your contact mode of biofeedback. Now, it's the, uh, the nuts and bolts of this. 
I want to talk about, oh, I've got the bottom one upside down. I'm showing you how to do it wrong. So on both sides, we have the golden contacts. And then you slide it in. Maybe that's why it didn't go in so easily the first time. There we go. So you just see black and black. Now, some of the tissue that you may be wanting to sample will be quite yucky stuff. Um, let's say it is blood. You don't really want to be handing blood too often. So if you do use these things and you put it in, and it's probably best to, after the biofeedback scan, to throw it away. You can wash these plates. After a while, the moisture will get absorbed by these printed circuit boards and the results will not be quite so accurate. But we'll be selling these cheap, so don't be afraid to throw them away and get other ones. <laughs> okay. So that's the nuts and bolts, but there's an exciting different way of applying this. And let's think about things. I want to take you back in history. I want to take you back five years six years even, when Johann Stegman was pioneering the use of remotes. He started um, investigating the method of remote treatment when he found uh, that he could cure his racing pigeons. He had them dying for some reason, and he consulted his friend, his healing friend, who informed him about this method of using uh, doing remote healing. And so Johan tried it on his pigeons and he saved his pigeons. And so he um, started experimenting on people, seeing if he can have a similar effect on people. So it's not just feathered friends, but also hairy friends, or maybe not quite so hairy friends who can um, also respond to these frequencies. And he had success, and that's when I sort of came on on the scene and tried to prove him wrong, and that's another story again. But this is one thing that Johan discovered, um, which hasn't really been um, publicly stated. Because Johan was a good friend of mine, he, he and I talked a lot. Being technically inclined, I'd ask the questions that maybe he couldn't answer straight away, so he'd have to ask his friend. And one of the questions I asked him was this. Was this. When... We are using a speaker remote. I haven't got a remote here to show you, but you know what they look like. You put the DNA in, you put it into the, you know, the holder, then you put it into the uh, generator, and then you run the programs. And the, and the frequencies, because um, the DNA is linked to the DNA in your body, they're both created in the, in the same space and time. The frequencies you're applying to the remote are also applied to your body simultaneously. But the question I asked Johan was this, is it a two-way street? Can the frequencies in your body also affect the frequencies in the holder? He said yes, but he will check, and he checked, and then the answer came back as a, as a firm yes. In other words, if I put a DNA sample in here of my saliva or my blood, Put it in the sample holder. I can use this also as a first generation remote. It won't be as good as a spooky remote because this is how it all started. So we've advanced from there. But think of it. We use this for 
biofeedback scans. After the scan, you can use it for treatment. And think about this. We can automate that. So during the course of a day, we can do a biofeedback scan. We can then apply the frequencies that were returned by the scan automatically and then do another cycle of a biofeedback scan. So you might do 10 biofeedback scans on the one sample in one day and 10 slightly different programs each time will then be run. After each program, the biofeedback scans will change the values to reflect whatever the program, what, what effect the programs had. And so always the cells, that, you know, the pathogens, which are the noisiest, they'll be the first to go. And so at the end of a day, just think about it. You'll have killed off pretty much all, the, all these ones that are you know, bothering you. The amount of work to do this manually is quite intense, which is why we create presets. But we also say, look, you know, run a preset every three days. We're doing that with Spooky Pulse. With Generator X, we say do it every day because it's actually fun doing a biofeedback scan. But here, it's like doing it 10 times and it's automatic. And the treatment afterwards is automatic. And so really, when you think about it, it's a, it's a great idea. You don't need to know what it is that's wrong with you because the biofeedback is telling Spooky what's wrong. Your body doesn't lie. And so according to the results of the biofeedback scan, Spooky automatically throws the frequencies down to the same device. And so it does a biofeedback scan, then does a one-hour program, you know, for the, to run the, you know, the frequencies that were found with the biofeedback, and then does another biofeedback scan. Now I'm telling you things which aren't in Spooky yet. This was my Monday job. Mon this is the Monday gone. And so things have come up since, you know, between then and now, and I just haven't had the chance to do, write the code for this. But it's my full intent to modify Spooky so it has this facility. So if you've got something wrong with it, you really don't know what it is, and it's just ongoing and that, you know, a preset to, a, 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 to a, you know, to treat Serious conditions is quite complex. You know what they look like. You've got to run one thing, then you've got to do a biofeedback, copy and paste the biofeedback results into the preset, then run this preset from generator number one and this one number two and la, da, da. It's very complicated. And life's too short to be reading manuals. So I think the uh, next, uh, the new generation of approach, if you like, is to use this on one generator of Generator X, and you know Generator X has got two generators, on the second one, run a detox program 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so one is doing all the treatment and the other one's doing all the cleaning up afterwards. And so that's kind of, that's pretty, that's brilliant. <laughs> so that's it. So any questions about that? I'll just um, see if any questions have come through. Uh, let's have a look. Yes, okay. Um, um, Bev from New Zealand is asking, uh, if you do 10 feedbacks in one day, wouldn't you also need to be doing a lot of detox at the same time? Yes, well, um, you do the second generator with the detox and you do, and so that'll be running all the time nonstop. And of course, it's always best to have more um, generators to, um, to help 
the treatment overall, especially for the serious conditions. Um, I generally give the cheapest solution because I'm, we're aware that you know people they spend the money on their drugs and doctors, and they haven't got much you know many funds left over. But certainly, if you've got more generators in your rig, then use them. Use them for detox. Use them for balancing. Um, and use them for healing, and let the um, the biofeedback handle the, the, the you know the serious stuff. Um, hmm. Actually, while I'm talking now, I've really said that this as a remote wouldn't be anywhere near as good as a proper speaker remote. As you may recall, we, when we first started developing remotes, it was thought that uh, remotes were about twenty times uh, less efficient or effective than contact mode. The current speaker remote is the same as contact mode. So we can probably assume that this is a bit like a 1 20th the effectiveness, but it's still getting the frequencies through. And this is all that Johan Stegman used with his pigeons. So it worked for him. With remotes, you're not really restricted to time because you don't have to hang around. You can, you can, do you you can put your saliva on here, you know, put it all inside your sample holder and then, you know, load the preset and go. And through the day you'll be having you know, ten different programs run. And so you're not worried too much about the time it's going to take. You know you you don't you're going down the path of healing. And maybe it's good that it is slow. It gives your body time to remove the toxins. You know, so that's another thought again. Now, because the DNA or the, or the biological sample that you put in here is biodegradable, it's not like a fingernail or a hair follicle, which, you know, both of those last reasonably long, certainly a, a nail does. You'd want to change this once a day, definitely. You don't want this to be drying out and caking, caking the unit. Um, so I'd say maybe eight hours maximum. A lot would depend on the country where you live, how warm it is. In the summer months, you'd want to really keep an eye on it. You don't want to um, have it start going nasty on you. So I'd say at the very most eight hours, which is a working, you know, a working day. You set it up, go to work and come back much healthier. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the concept. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's the fact that you can automate a treatment method and not, not worry about the, the other details such as which programs to one, copying, painting, pasting frequencies into a preset, which is so complicated. It's got to be color-coded, so you know which, which program belongs to which generator. It just simplifies things a lot. Okay, let's have a look at other questions. Um, is it available now? No, it's not available now. It's available early next year. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you guys. It's available, I'm told, in one or two weeks. So it's not long, not long to wait. In other ways, it differs from speaker remote. The spring pressure is greater. Um, so easy to use, but um, it needs to be high pressure down to ensure that the plates are perfectly mated together. Think about this, if we have a cancer cell sample from a biopsy and we put that in here, pure cancer cells, right? 
and you put this plate on, you do the, you know, you put the sample holder on, you do your test. The results are going to be so, so pristine. They're going to tell you pretty much what the, what the cancer frequencies are. That's kind of the holy grail. So, um, yeah, this is a, a good tool that we're sort of um, putting out there. It's up to you to make use of it and report back to us the best way of using it. We've done our trials and we've been amazed. It started when I was unwell and I had a flu and a sore throat. And sore throats are kind of cool because you, you know pretty quickly when you're getting better. And so I put my, my, my saliva sample on. It wasn't these. It was, it was just a um, couple of old PCBs I had lying around, but it, it, this is much more advanced. And I put them together, put some tape around there, insulation tape, soldered a couple of leads on and put them onto a BNC port for the generator. And I got some frequencies back and I ran those frequencies on a remote. Normally with a remote it takes about an hour to really feel an effect on these on the new speaker remotes. Or maybe it's even been shorter, but these because the frequencies were, were pretty much bang on for the pathogen I had at that time, I felt the results within minutes. Um, yeah, but but as as things are with the cold, things mutate quite quickly. And I got better very quickly, but then it sort of went down into my chest. And of course, I was busy doing my designing of this and other things. And I put myself uh, way back in the priority line. And so my, my, I didn't get rid of my cold and then it just moved. That's the thing with viruses. They, they mutate and move. They want to survive. They, they are in a hostile environment that wants to, go, wants to kill them. And so they're, they're morphing all the time. So database frequencies for pathogens, um, many of those are quite old, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if many of those um, have changed in some way, which is where grade programs are so important. It tells you what frequencies are more applicable, and also refined frequencies type scanning as well, because that puts it decimal places, if you like, on the scan. Okay. Um, another question that's come in online. Uh, okay, um, let's have a look. Uh, now, isn't it funny? It's, it's truncated the people's names, so I'll just stretch out the window. So I, I, I don't like. Uh, I like to answer people properly with the name. Okay, so Adam, we had two ads in the. Um, in the viewers list, okay, Adam, you're asking me, um, would it create a more accurate database if we put a known sample of pathogen in and then ran a biofeedback scan? Absolutely, you've hit it on the head. Now, this is this is exactly what it does. So, if you you know when you do a biofeedback scan, you've got ten pads here, for example. I've given this as an example because you can't see it from the point down there. So. Tens pads here. Most of the tissue between here is going to be healthy tissue. Only a small proportion of that is going to be pathogens. And so the ratio of bugs over good is quite low. But if you put you know, a, a sample here, which is pretty much pure bugs, well, it's going to be much more accurate, the, the results. If you're ever on a noisy bus, you try talking to one person, well, it's hard to hear that one person. But if that bus is empty and you're talking to the one person, then they become legible. You can hold a decent conversation. Well, we don't want to hold conversations with bugs. We want to kill them. 
but we need to know what frequencies, we want to know what language they're talking. And so this tells you what the language is. And so absolutely, Adam, if you can put a sample of the bug in there, then that's great. And so if you've got a cold, you know, maybe you want to put some nasal discharge. Actually, that's what I use. I think I usually, I think I use my nasal discharge when I've got the cold. Yeah, yuck. <laughs> Which is really why we make these disposable. You know, you don't really want to be using it for something else after you've used it for a nasal discharge. But, you know, for the, for the, for the good of science, that's what I did. And, um, yeah, got fantastic results. I couldn't identify the pathogen that was providing these frequency hits. But as sure as anything provided results. And it wasn't, it's not important for me when I'm sick, moderately sick, to put a label on something. It's more important to get rid of it. And so this, if we do an automated scan and then treatment, then scan, then treatment using the sample holder, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't use it for but I know a biofeedback reverse lookup so you can see what kind of bugs you're likely to have or bugs that match the same frequency. You just want to apply the frequencies and get rid of the bugs. So that's how we'll be, I'll be using it. Okay, when using blood drops, this is a question from uh, Tafik. I hope I've said your name correctly. Uh, Benjamin, uh, can it be placed on filter paper? Uh, and if you're using blood for multiple people, can you just wipe the plates using alcohol wipes? Good questions. Um, we have done trials using different types of papers as a way of sort of holding liquid together more, more, more something. Just, just holding it all together while you put the plates on. We found that it improved physically the sample. The sample didn't sort of squish out so far and sort of ooze out. But the results weren't so accurate. And it wasn't so accurate because it introduced a space into these plates. Now, I'm exaggerating here, but any sort of space uh, decreases the capacitance. It makes it so that a much lower uh, signal level is passing through the plates. And so the spikes were much smaller. So uh, the, the answer is, yes, you can, but the results aren't quite so good. Maybe you can find extra thin paper. We were using paper that was maybe 0 0.05 millimeters thick. Maybe you can find some thinner paper and you can report back to us and we can make it a, a, a um, part of the procedure. Okay, and you're also asking me, can it be wiped um, between use with alcohol? Absolutely, you can wipe it with alcohol. Um, just one point of mention, um, alcohol is good for killing, you know, any sort of uh, biological residue, any pathogens that may be uh, still on the plates. But just remember, the sample holder works on the change of the electrical signal. It doesn't rely on the sample actually being alive. It's relying, it's, it's looking at the electrical characteristics of that sample. So if I could slice a carrot thin enough and put it in here, it'll do a biofeedback on the carrot. 
and or <laughs> may, it may provide us. But um, it doesn't need to be live. Um, so there are, it's not necessary to kill the pathogen for the cleaning side of it, but certainly for the hygiene side, best too. Um, for our tests, we'd be doing multiple tests and we just wash it with water and soap. If we're to use it for different people, between different people, absolutely. Absolutely use alcohol, but I'd be more inclined to throw it away because, uh, yeah, it's not very, they, yeah, they get dirty and they absorb. So it's best, best to use neither pristine, clean, or new. Okay, any more questions online? No? Okay, well, let's start our presentation. The we're halfway through the summer already, and so better. Oh, we won't slouch on the uh, presentation. Oh my goodness, I've got other questions online as well. Okay, well I'll fly through them. Can we use um, saliva, urine, blood, etc., nail clippings? Everything's ab above except for nail, because nails are too thick. So the nails will make the plates too far apart. But you can use urine, blood saliva, any other, any other body fluids like that. To clean it, you just uh, unclip the plates and then you can wash the plates and then dry them. Wash them, you can use soap and water, but if you're really serious, you can use alcohol, as Adam suggested. If it's a serious disease, then certainly use alcohol because you don't want to have any, sort, any form of contamination. I would really suggest to use one... Yeah, don't don't use the same plates for different people. You really don't want to have any sort of contamination between the two. Uh, do you need to seal outer perimeter with an oil so sample doesn't dry out? Well, the ring of silk screening that's around here tends to form a seal when you when you join the two together. They seal together, so it's a ring, and so. When the pressure is applied, the sample doesn't hold out. And we've run it for well over 10 hours in a, in a very warm environment, and the samples didn't dry out. <laughs> but if you leave it there for a few days, you'll get caking. And that, that's when it gets ugly. Okay, uh, let's have a look. When running programs in plasma on generator racks, when doing this online, offline in a store program, does one need to use the plasma offline? Oh, this is a, that's a, that's another question again. It's not about this. So, okay, this question is part of the Q&A, but we'll, we'll answer it because it's in front of me now. It's a question from Mayor Green. Um, Mayor is asking, do you need to run a offline specific preset when you're running Spooky Central or Spooky Plasma? The answer is yes, you do. And it's the way that the gating is performed. Because the online uh, use of the uh, Spooky um, controls the generator in a different way, the online use control uh, handles the gating and other parameters. Offline, it all needs to be done within the memory of the generator X. And so some parameters need to be changed to optimize it. And so there is you only run the, use the offline preset for um, plasma. Okay, uh, Monica, Ruth, you're asking, so the scan is going to be much more accurate. Yes, it is going to be much more accurate uh, because we're not measuring all the healthy cells that are between TENS pads. 
measuring all the nasty cells that are in here. Now, if you're using something like a saliva sample, you will still be getting a lot of good cells in there, but the ratio of bad over good is much higher. And I don't want to go into graphic detail with such a, you know, with everyone watching, but basically you put, when you do put a sample in here, you, you make sure you put the yucky stuff in there. Uh, so use your imagination when I say this. Let's use the yucky stuff there. <laughs> and then you'll get, the, you'll get better results. It's the ratio of bad over good is much higher. And uh, Judy uh, Budicio, you're asking, how could you fit a biopsy sample in? Um, well, bi biopsy samples are quite often they're solid uh, samples, but if you can get slithers of them, very fine slithers, and place them on here, like maybe um, put them on those six locations there, then that will be adequate. The important thing to make sure is that the, the plates are as close as possible. Any gap any gap will start introducing errors. Everyone knows how we live in such a noisy environment with Wi-Fi and cell phones. As soon as you put a gap in here, that signal is um, going in here and, and disturbing the results. And because the signals are so low, any sort of noise is going to ruin that. And so you really want this as close as possible. If I was doing a biopsy and I couldn't get thin samples, I'd be probably looking at the liquid around the sample. I'd, I'd look at centrifuging and using the liquid, and that would be a way of in, improving the results because the it's on the microscopic level, which will be still um, viable after it's been centrifuged. Uh, that's what that would be um, a very good uh, sample um, substrate to use. And so that's all the questions asked. Let's go on to the presentation. Now, for the presentation, I've got to go on to share screen. And my share screen is down the bottom there. Share screen. And this is me. That's my desktop. Oh. So. I don't know, is it show? Oh, okay, so let's go. This is my, now I've talked a terrific lot about the new accessory. The, the exciting thing isn't only that it can do the biofeedback, but the fact that it can also do treatment. It's absolutely amazing. So, okay, let's thunder on. We've got less than 30 minutes. Let's see if I can do it. This is general Q&A. These are questions that we've received over the weeks and decided to put it into a package now. Now, we're going to have several parts on this. We've got the, um, I don't know why we have these contents here because I'll be talking about it in a few moments anyway, but maybe we put it in for packing thinking we wouldn't have much to talk about. Part one, speak you to Q&A for Generator X. Number two, announcing a biofeedback accessory. Well, I've done that first. Now, at this point in time, I'm told that most of you have nodded off. So sweet dreams for those. The rest of you, hang in there. I'll do this as quickly as possible and hopefully as painlessly as possible. Okay, Q&A, we get it. <laughs> generator. Okay, another heading. Question, good. What's the difference between Generator X, which is GX, and the XM generator? Well, it's important to know that both of them are actually really good generators. We're proud of them both. They can both run the Spooky 2 presets for all our accessories. 
they can also reach all the frequencies that are in the Spooky Tree database. The XM generator, this is the older one. Gosh, the word older, the um, connotations aren't that great, but it's been so reliable, such a workhorse, that um, we're very, very proud of it. It's had a long history of reliability and performance. And for most people, it's a fantastic choice. We've, we've lowered the price too. I think it's like something like $100, so it's really, really affordable. And it's you know economical. It's easy to create a multi-generator setup at minimum cost using those generators. Now, we developed Generator Rex because we just needed the new features, features that allowed exciting things like this to be developed. Um, also, other things were, you know, were desired, such as we wanted to go higher frequencies. We wanted modulation, high-speed gating, and the ability to run without a computer because, let's face it, not everyone has a computer. It's currently our top-of-the-line generator, and it won't replace our popular and economical XM generator. So no worries. Okay, if you do not require the additional features of Generator X, the XM generator will do everything that you want it to do. And we've got a table below to, to really highlight the differences. Now, I won't point at it because you can't see my finger, but you can see the XM generator has got two outputs. The Generator X has got four. It's, um, the XM is slower. It's only going to five. When I say only going to five megahertz, gosh, most Rife machines only go to 100 kilohertz. We, we've been going to five megahertz for five years now, and our Generator X goes to 40. The biofeedback is a big point of difference. The XM generator can do spooky pulse. Spooky pulse is our biofeedback method, which we've had for several years. It's good. It's, it gives good results, but you've got to be patient. And um, there's so many things that can ruin a perfectly good biofeedback, and you've got to start again. So that's a bit of a downside. Now, Generator X can use spooky pulse, but it also does monitoring of the electrical signal, which is the current and phase angle. Gen the XM generator can't do standalone work, and the Generator X can. Question, can we clear and or kill via remote mode faster using a Generator X, using Spooky2XM generators? I say compared with the Spooky2XM generators. Now, if I was a salesperson, I'd say, heck yeah, you know. <laughs> Generator X does everything. It butters your bread, but is the truth. No, the speed will be the same. An electrical signal is an electrical signal. If the frequency you need to apply is, far, is higher and the XM generator can't hit that frequency directly, in that case, yes, the generator X will be a better generator and will work faster, but that's very rare. Normally, you know, for all intents and purposes, for all the frequencies which Royal Rife discovered, the XM generator will do all that you want. Okay. Now, we've just, I've just had a message from my team. They've got a little bit worried with my announcement of the, uh, the sample holder. They're saying to me, they're, they're watching the SAMA from another room, and um, they've said to me, um, 
everything for the accessory is okay, but they do not have packing boxes until next week. So that's how new this, you know, this thing is. We haven't even got the, the, um, the gift packing for it. So that's still being sorted out. So if you do want to get this earlier, you can chat online with our service ladies. So just go to spooky2-mall.com and um, have a word with our lovely service lady. And I can see that's um, beautiful Penny. She's waiting in the wings. So she's there for you. Gosh, it really does sound like an advertisement. But I'm just saying, you know, if you want it now, we haven't got the packing material, uh, the proper box that it comes in. But you can get it if you're really, really desperate for something now. So it's not a sales pitch, honestly. It just sounds like it. Okay, let's move on quickly. What can we do if Generator X is not found by Spooky Software? Okay, there's several steps you do. Uh, first of all, you make sure that you have installed the Generator X driver and you're running the latest Spooky Software. Now, the earlier versions of Spooky do not support Generator X. The reason being, Generator X wasn't even around then. So we didn't know what... You know, you didn't, we, we've got to have the, um, I suppose, the chicken before the egg. Okay, let's thunder on. Okay, there are two ways to install the driver. First of all, when you load the Spooky 2 software and Spooky finds no generators, um, you're prompted to install drivers. So just choose yes and Spooky will install them for you. You can manually install the drivers by going to your tools at the top of the menu and clicking on the Install Generator X Drivers option. Okay, after the drivers are installed, turn on your Generator X, restart your Spooky software. Really? I don't... Oh. Oh, okay. It's a bit roundabout, but there you go. You don't need to restart your Spooky software. Once you install your drivers, you can just plug in your generator and go. It's better, isn't it? But if it's still not recognized, you can press on rescan generators. Give Spooky a second chance to reconnect. If the generator has been successfully installed, and the generator still cannot be connected, uh, keep your generator X turned on. Just unplug and replug in your USB connector. And then do another rescan, and your generator should be, connect, uh, should be detected then. Can I use ultrasonic with the generator X? There's not enough power from any generator generally to operate the ultrasonic device, and that includes generator X. So it is recommended to use ultrasonic from Spooky Central instead. Right, love those fade out. Standard operation. Can the terrain protocol be loaded into Generator X to run standalone as one program? Uh, well, the quick answer is no. Uh, the reason is this, the, the terrain protocol, <laughs> I'm doing too much talking, my tongue's falling asleep. Now I know what it's like to um, actually listen to myself. Okay, the terrain protocol consists of 11, uh, 15 presets. Each of them must be loaded separately into Generator X as programs, and each program can be run for a day. Now, the presets that are composed within the terrain protocol are chained together. The generator does not do chains, it just runs programs, and this is why they, each part of the chain has to be loaded in as a program. Oops. Okay, what are the restrictions or limitations of running Generator X standalone? Well, up to 30 programs can be created and loaded. Each program can have a maximum of 200 frequencies. 
and each of these will have the same waveform, amplitude, offset, and duration, which is the dwell. The output two signal will always be the inverse of output number one. So we, did, we did this because most of the time, at the early stages of the design, we were thinking that most people are using it for contact mode. Since then, the applications have grown and we use it for plasma and pretty much everything else. And so we've written presets that make the application suitable, like the Plasma X. Sorry, like the, uh, like the Spooky Central or Spooky Plasma. Uh, you can't use output number two for modulation offline uh, for Spooky Central or Plasma, but we do have special presets that do this in a different way. Uh, the frequencies are mixed with no sweeps. Sorry, are fixed with no sweeps. That means if you've got a program that sweeps from, say, 100 to 200 hertz, Generator X will only run the starting frequency of 100 hertz for the fixed dwell. Question, when you are loading programs for Generator X, do you have to remember that it was a remote or contact preset? So when you use it on standalone, you match it to how it's being used. This is actually a very good question because you might have a preset which has got, let's say it's got cancer, it's the name, it's a cancer plasma, contact mode, remote mode. Now the function of the preset should be written into the program name. You can use a similar method that we use for our presets, where for contact you put C or remote you put R, and it makes the application so much more clear. It's something that should have been done in many of the early database programs because those frequencies were developed using a specific type of machine. And we don't know whether they're made with old-fashioned plasma-type machines or contact mode. Most of them would have been contact, we know, because that's all that was available for most people in those early years. But we're not 100% sure. And something may only work if it's applied in one way. Okay, the advanced settings such as amplitude ramping, wobbles, reduced amplitude and swapping of waveforms are not transferred to the generator for standalone mode. Uh, this can be a problem for contact mode applications because you imagine you've got a program that starts at a low frequency, it's going to make you jump out of your seat because there's no longer any amplitude ramping that has to be connected onto the computer so the computer controls it. If the program for contact mode uses low frequencies, you can use the colloidal silver port in Spooky Boost to prevent boosts, uh, to prevent shocks. <laughs> prevent boosts. Standalone mode is not going to have the ability to replicate all the advanced processing of the software. Okay, and what these are the parameters that are sent to the generator for running. It's the waveform, the frequency, amplitude, which is the size of the signal, offset, duty cycle, gate, and dwell. Question, could I just have the colloidal silver port uh, preset on Generator X and nothing else? Could Generator X be used away from the PC with a dedicated colloidal silver program running on it? Yes. Now, most colloidal silver makers do not swap the waveform regularly. Um, the preset for making colloidal silver does within Spooky. This means that in offline mode, you won't get the waveform swapping. 
And so the colloidal silver will be made in a similar way to regular colloidal silver makers. They don't swap the waveforms. So the quality will be okay. You may, well, you will almost certainly get some uh, silver oxide deposits on the rods during the uh, manufacturing of the colloidal silver. But these will generally sediment to the bottom or can be easily wiped off after making the colloidal silver. So you won't get the, the waveform swapping so that, you don't, so that the um, residue is sloughed off and settles automatically to the bottom. But that's not a major, you know. And the convenience of making the colloidal silver without having to tie up a computer for one or two days is, is kind of cool. What's next? Biofeedback. Can the TENS internal probe be used for contact for generator X scans to test uterine fibroids? Now, the internal probe, I suppose I could have brought one here, but it, it looks similar to this. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nylon probe with rings around it. And those rings are the, are the contact points. Uh, it's not this. This is just a thermometer, but it's just for illustrating that it is about this size, I guess. Okay, um, no, it's, I don't believe it can be used for testing of the uterine fibrosis. It's, the, the uterus is not located in the anal sphincter. The anal sphincter is generally where the, this probe is placed, which is um, because the, the contact rings are next to each other, it's really the passageway that gets treated, not much around it, because the electricity passes a straight line between the two points of contact. And so if these are just, if the two line of contact is here, it's just going to be a short path there. Um, and you can put it into other, the other orifice, but again, it's not really going as far as the uterus, which is quite deep. It's, it's within the womb, so no, I don't believe it can be used. Uh, with Generator X, can you safely scan somebody with a pacemaker if the TENS pads are located below the heart? Now, I can say yes because the signal's not passing through the heart. But we are not trained medical professionals. Any advice that I give is advice on a personal level, things that I have found personally, and it's my opinion. For anything that may put yourself at risk, please always see a trained medical professional and they'll give you the advice that you'd need. If there's any concerns, health concerns that you may have, even queries that you may have for advice I've given here, if it's contrary to what you've been advised by a trained medical professional, talk to them again. Question, is it okay to use the Generator X TENS pads for biofeedback close to the throat? Uh, can I use the TENS pads little away from heart area? Bad grammar, but there, we we're doing this in a hurry. Around the lungs as I started to cough as well. So it's two questions in one. Throat is pretty scary. The TENS pads in the throat may make the throat muscles contract. When muscles get an electrical signal, they tighten up. That's a good thing for things like your heart because your heart does need to do this quite often. In fact, it needs to do it quite regularly as well. And it does that for pumping your blood around your, around your body to supply nutrients and oxygen. Um, however, if your throat muscles do that, it can constrict your air pathways. 
and your blood. Now, there's an important organ in your head. Um, most of us have one. It's a brain, and we really want to keep on supplying the brain with fresh supplies of oxygen and, and, and blood for other, other functions. So really, it's best not to do it. So we give a general warning to our users to never place pads above the neckline, just to be sure. Um, the colloidal silver port of Spooky Boost can reduce it to a level where it can be safe. But because it's such a dangerous area, we still hold by that general warning of don't, don't do it. Don't try this at home. So to scan the throat, use the back of each shoulder as the location for your TENS pads. It's close to your throat, and so it, the results will be similar. It'll be close to the ideal. Now for the upper torso, the TENS pads are inside your armpits. The signal will cross your heart. So if you keep it midway, just below the solar plexus, that's pretty much the bottom of your ribcage. You should be fine. Uh, now, blood flows quickly through your body, so if you can get the TENS pads close to the problem area, the results should be fine. The closer you get to the problem, the more likely you will not pick up other problems that you're not trying to target. If you put the TENS pads over a high blood flow area and you're using Generator X, well, you will be because that's the thing that does it well, um, you'll find that you'll, you'll also pick up the blood flow and the signal back to Generator X. The sensitivity of Generator X is extreme, and so it will pick up your blood flow as well. So try and avoid you know, major arteries if you can. Um, so the, uh, we're saying here to scan just below the torso and just use those results for 24 hours before you try targeted areas. So if you've got a specific area, then you can, you can scan directly across that. Wow, the big font. I can't, don't need my glasses for this one. Generator X biofeedback scans between 41 kilohertz to 18 megahertz. In the old pulse scans, the range was narrower. It was 1.5 megahertz to 1.7 megahertz. And then again, 11 to 13 megahertz. Now, what values do we set up Generator X scan range? Do we set up... Bad grammar again. Uh, what values do we use for generator X scans to cover only the cancer frequencies? Okay, now the biofeedback scans for generator X are much faster than spooky pulse, and so a larger range of frequencies can be scanned in a shorter time. And this is why we increase the scan range for the generator X biofeedback scans. And of course, bacteria can morph into other, other forms. So having a broad range on a generator X biofeedback scan gives us a catch-all type of sweep. Um, so it's probably best to keep the default generator X biofeedback scans, even if you're only interested in the cancer frequencies. Now, we only know decisively of two rife cancer frequencies, the BX and the BY. And we know that the frequency ranges roughly 1.5 to 1.7 megahertz. So maybe you can alter the frequency range to 1.5 to 1.7, and then you can increase the samples per step so it becomes more accurate. However, there's questions behind this. The people have said 
suggested and they've in their own minds proven that the frequency is twice this value and they value of 1.5 to 1.7 megahertz is the first sub octave or sub harmonic of the true frequency and the British Royal Rife group have decided and they've done research which seems to prove that the absolute raw true frequency for cancer cancer is in the 12 megahertz and above range and so if we narrowed ourselves to just 1.5 to 1.7 we're missing out on all the other possibles and so yes you may be having a subharmonic and then treat the subharmonic and get results but imagine how much better the results will be if you hit the true frequencies and so I suggest you keep the Generator X general biofeedback scan as it is, even for uh, scanning something specific such as cancer. Oh, there you go. I was going ahead of myself. And this is um, putting words to my words. It's putting um, text to my words. Um, so this is really explaining why it's best to keep scanning up to the high frequencies. Now, with the pulse, it was impossible to scan a very large frequency range. If you try to scan the same range as the Genator Rex biofeedback, you'll, you'll be sitting down for hours, and you'll be thinking nasty thoughts about me, the, the designer of this. And I don't want that. I don't want bad karma. I only want good karma. So um, this is why the smaller ranges are done for the pulse biofeedbacks. So the scans generally are something like 45 minutes or an hour in length and break out of a very large scan into smaller regions do a scan one day of a small you know one day one small portion next day do the next do the next do the next yeah it's a bit painful this is why generator generator x is so much fun okay and this is what they're talking about now uh you can still use older xm biofeedback presets to use with Generator X. If you really want to only scan a small range, you load an X7 preset, then you change the biofeedback type from pulse to either current, phase angle, or a combination of the two. And so instead of being 45 minutes, you're down to maybe three minutes. Much more pleasant. <laughs> Okay, now uh, we give the note that not all frequencies returned by both the Z cancer and a high freak presets will be guaranteed to be for cancer. You're just increasing the odds that you'll detect resonance, uh, resonant frequencies in the same frequency band that the known values are in. Now, I'd like to emphasize known because there's a lot that's unknown, so you'll be missing out on the unknown values. Does Spooky sometimes not report any hits in Generator X biofeedback? Yeah, well, <laughs> we've come straight to giving a reason why instead of giving a yes-no answer. Well, the answer is yes, and actually quite often it will give zero results. When Generator X does a biofeedback scan, it, looks, it will return any values that are above a threshold. Anything above the threshold is reported. 
Now the threshold can be set by the user and it's possible that the threshold is too high. Maybe the TENS pads are far away or maybe your pathogen count is not great and so the spikes are very small in amplitude. If you're getting frustrated with no results, you can do an analyze, which is a retrospective analysis of existing feedback using, um, you just open the file which was created by the biofeedback and redo the analysis. But before you do that, just set the threshold to zero. And in that case, it will show all hits. And so, um, it'll increase the sensitivity markedly. We don't do that as the default value because we found that people are getting worried that they're being diagnosed, if you call it diagnosed, but reverse lookup isn't a diagnosis, but people consider it quite often as that. They're, they thought they're being diagnosed with many serious illnesses when they weren't. It's thus that the threshold was set to zero or was not existent. And so, Everything was being reported, even the even the things that weren't there. And just while I'm on the subject, when you get a reverse lookup result, you, you may have one frequency, and then you get like 20 different diseases. You think, gosh, how am I still living? Well, you Spooky's not suggesting that you actually have any of those conditions, but if you do have any of them, most probably you don't. Ha you only have one. One of those is giving those results. And this is why it's important to keep a log of biofeedback scans so you can see patterns. The long-term pattern is very, very important because then you can see trends in your condition. And those are the ways of ensuring that the, you know, you've got a better idea of what is wrong with your body, why your body is not healthy. There may be every time one type of condition coming up and so if that happens then it's really start it's time to look seriously at um, that condition that's reporting and it might be a condition where that frequency just happens to coincide with another condition that's not within the spooky database the spooky database is very large and so there'll be many re repeats of the same frequencies for different conditions if a frequency, let's say 40 kilohertz, that's a common one, even more common I think is 10 kilohertz, that frequency is used for both healing and for killing. I don't know why it occurs so often in the database, but if you've got something wrong with you and the response your body gave was at, amongst other things, 10 kilohertz, you're going to get a very serious biofeedback report later. Um, Saying you're, you know, basically how you're alive. <laughs> it's going to go, you're going to have pages and pages of problems being presented to you, but um, it's not the case. It just means that some something isn't right, and it can be any of those, or even something which isn't being shown there and is not in the database. Please explain the difference between selecting current angle and current and angle. Okay, all these methods are measuring the change of the electrical signal when the frequency is changed. So when the sweep is taking place, Spooky Generator X is monitoring the signal, any changes are being reported back. Now fast electrical signals, which are frequencies, have different currents and phase angles. Phase angles when the voltage is not perfectly 
working at the same time as the current. It either gets lazy and is behind the current or it gets a little bit um, like a young child and starts running ahead. And so it, phase angle is measuring how much it's falling behind or how much it's racing ahead. The measurement of these values is done at each frequency of the scan. Some people think it is more important to monitor the current passing through your body, whilst others think the phase angle is more important. If you're not sure, you can combine the two and monitor both. Uh, angle and current has both the ability to pull duplicate frequencies from the two other analysis methods, but it also has the ability to report frequencies that are unique, uh, the, and therefore removing frequencies that or culling, that means, oh, it's not quite the right use of the word, but it means that it includes frequencies that responded well in both categories, but not necessarily enough to make them be reported individually in either of the other two methods alone. And so it's a, if you get a small peak in the current, and at the same frequency you also get a peak in the phase angle, then if it's monitoring the current and phase angle, you'll get that as a definite report back. It's, it is complicated. They're not totally independent. For the same load, um, this is talking generally, if you increase the phase angle, the current will increase. And for the technical people listening, it's increasing because Spooky is measuring the um, the resultant current, when it measures current, it doesn't measure the resistive current or the reactive current, it measures the phase of current. And so this is why both those are kind of related. There's techniques for running an analysis on current and then doing it on phase angle and then combining the two. And that's covered in documentation that's available at uh, spooky2-more.com in other places, spooky2support.com as well. Is it possible to do a grade scan with Generator X? Heck yeah, faster. Anything that can be done with Spooky Pulse can be done with Generator X. It doesn't, that's not what it's asking. A grade scan isn't just using Spooky Pulse though. Isn't that interesting? I haven't answered this question correctly. Um, well, I'll answer it correctly. We'll just ignore what's on the screen. Anything which can be done with Generator X can be done, or sorry, with the XM Generator can be done with the Generator X. And so you can do pulse scans, and then you can also do current scans and phase angle scans. But grade scans is when it tells you which frequencies are most important for your body. And this is where Spooky Pulse is used, because unlike Generator X, Spooky Pulse can also uh, can return frequencies which are healthy for your body. And I can see now why the answer was worded this way. Because Spooky Pulse gives a, a body's response to a frequency rather than a signal response to a frequency, you really need to use Spooky Pulse to do a grade scan, especially if the grade scan is for healing frequencies. So yes, you can use Spooky Pulse with Generator X. It just means it goes back to the tick, tick, tick speeds of a biofeedback scan rather than the racy speeds of a um, Generator X um, pole, uh, phase angle or current type scan. So that's that one. How to combine biofeedback 
current and angle in a single program? Well, we'll just quickly go through the steps. This is what I touched on just a minute ago. Um, now, GenoTrix can monitor either current, angle, or both actually, doing a biofeedback scan, and they both have the advantages. Now, it's important before you do biofeedback scans using GenoTrix, you race over to your system tab and you choose log, angle, and current during biofeedback. That means the file that gets written during the scan will include those two values because you'll be using those, the second value when you go back and you do a retrospective analysis. Then you choose your GenoTrix general biofeedback scan preset, go to the, gen, uh, the control tab, click on allow generator overwrites and choose the appropriate generator to run. It has to be a generator X. And then you click on the scan button. After six minutes and 22 seconds later, the screen will appear. Not necessarily the exact screen. Your numbers will almost certainly be different. But uh, something like this will come up. And you click on the save icon. That's in the top right-hand corner. This, this screen will come up. This is the screen for creating a program from the results of your biofeedback scan. You highlight the frequencies as you can see in the red box there, and you copy them. You right-click on your mouse and select copy. You open up a text editor, that can be notepad, wordpad, or anything else you like, and then you paste the frequencies in there. And at the end of the frequencies, you just add, add a comma, because you'll be adding another set of frequencies, and frequencies are separated by commas. You return to Spooky, you close the create program screen and this control tab is shown again. Then you need to redo analysis using angle. So you click on angle option and you press analyze again. This is retrospective analysis. Sounds nice and fancy. And then you open the most recent biofeedback file and you press open. That's the one, the scan is just completed. To help you find the newest file, the file name is, um, it, it's, it contains the year, month, date, time, right down to the seconds that the file was created. And so you just choose the one that has the newest file, if you like. And that's the one that's shown here, the one at the bottom. The scan results will reappear. Click on the Save Program icon again. Okay, now you give this, this is the program that you'll be saving. So you give it a meaningful name. Mummy across tummy. I'm a poet and I know it. And you see you've got frequencies there. Now you can now copy and paste the frequencies that were in the text editor into the frequencies box so it adds to that and in this example you do it at the beginning so you put the mouse cursor at the beginning of that line and you paste the frequencies in there you can recall that at the end of those frequencies i asked you to put a comma and so the, the pasted frequencies will appear there then a comma and then these frequencies will continue and so in that way you'll be having both 
frequencies in the same program. And so there we go. We've now pasted those frequencies in and we are away. And I say truly the best of both worlds. You can have your cake and you can eat it too. And so you, if you think that phase angle is best or current is best, but you're not really sure, well, you can have both. <laughs> that doesn't happen often in life. Every time I run a biofeedback, I get a different set of frequencies. I can run the biofeedback process multiple times in a row with no changes in the settings, and I still get completely different frequency resets each time. Is this normal? Um, yes, it is normal. Now, if you have an oscilloscope, which is a, an instrument for measuring frequencies, or signals if you like, and you just hold on to the terminals, you'll see this uh, on this TV screen, a tremendous amount of wavy lines are flying everywhere. These are all frequencies, noise in your body, which, uh, which is just a whole soup of frequencies. And somehow, biofeedback has got to make sense out of these signals and tell you where the strongest ones are. But for any instant in time, one may be stronger than the other. So really, you'll be getting this a lot until you do biofeedback for a longer period of time where you've knocked back most of the noisier ones. And so you get down to the, the true problem cells. If you've got children, you know the noisiest child isn't necessarily the naughtiest child. And so you want to get the noisiest, well, probably, probably bad, you don't want to get to the noisiest child, but to find the noisiest child, you've got to get rid of them. So to get rid of the naughtiest child, to, we'll start again, shall we? To find the naughtiest child, you've got to quieten the noisiest ones. So you can hear the naughty ones. And so this is, um, this is um, what you've got to do. You will be getting a lot of different signals each time. But there's another thing too, you know. As you're doing treatments or even scans, the bugs in your body, they've been, they evolve to evade detection and to evade being killed themselves. They want to survive. And so it's, we're fighting a battle with them. If they feel that there's a frequency you know, in a certain area that they're sensitive in, they'll try and go off into a different area. Or they might morph into some other, some other state to form a protective shell around them to keep themselves safe, like hibernate, if you like. And these things, this happens very quickly. It's not like a, over a matter of days necessarily. And so you will be getting different results. And so for all these reasons, it's perfectly normal to get different results. But it's not to say that the results you're getting are invalid. It means you've got to apply the frequencies that were a return and then redo the biofeedback, which is kind of where this is cool. Because this will do it 10 times a day. But okay, we move on. Uh, okay, the overall response will large re largely report back the cells which change the signal the most. Okay. Uh, now, the body is constantly absorbing ex and exchanging energies. What does that mean? Well, really, there we're talking about Wi-Fi signals, radio, TV signals. The super frequencies that are all around us, that will also be coming back in biofeedback. And it's, it's pretty impossible to avoid 
being exposed to those types of frequencies. It's just a mo modern world that we live in. And so um, there's another reason why you may be getting different results. Maybe you give a, a small hit, but it's, it coincides with a radio signal. So that particular point in time, it's getting a strong spike. But in other scans, it may not coincide with this radio signal. And so the peak will be smaller. Now, a way to work around electrical noise is to increase the samples per step value. Now, this averages samples, and so the results will be more consistent. And have I talked about this before? This is what this does as well, because you don't have to hang around. You can have scans lasting an hour, and it doesn't really matter. So you can have a very high samples per step value using this and it doesn't really inconvenience you at all. Where can I find my saved scan results? Now, you can search your scan results in the programs tab. You make sure your biofeedback is chosen in the database column on the right. That's circled in the red box. If you have that selected, any biofeedback uh, scan results that have been turned into a program will be shown here. Now, if you haven't created a program, if you just decided to exit out, you can create a program at any time doing a retrospective analysis, which is the analyze bottom at the end of the control screen. And so you can create your program and then it will appear in the programs tab as shown here. I did a biofeedback scan, this person asks, with my generator X for my friend. And how do I get the results onto his computer so he can run the results on his on his exam? Now there's several ways, both the, the easiest way is to sneak in there. That's just using a flash disk. Now uh, you just copy it straight to the memory stick. Um, the the uh, location of the file is given here. If you want to just make a note as I've got the screen up. And then you just transfer the same file to your friend's computer. And then he will have the full function that you have on your computer for that file. He can do a retrospective analysis and create his own programs or use uh, the program that you've created. It's, it's all there. If you've created a preset for your friend and made it nice and easy for your friend, he just has to press uh, select the preset and press go. That's in the preset user folder. So let's make a note of the directory names that are shown here. So I'll just do a little pause while you're scribbling down. I suppose you could pause on the video if, you can, if you're watching this offline. Okay. Why does Genotrix Biofeedback Reverse Lookup sometimes give very few results? Well, I've already mentioned about the threshold. Um, now, the, there are other reasons as well. The frequency range of generator rec scans is very much higher than most of the program frequencies in the database. And so there won't be many database entries found at these very high frequencies. Uh, the percentage tolerance may be set too low. When you run a biofeedback scan, the tolerance is set to half the step size, is set to this so that every single frequency is hit and there's no gaps but if you have the threshold too high then it may be getting other um, 
results which aren't very good results. In other words, if your scanning is in very small steps and then you set your, th you your threshold very high, then you'll be getting several repeats of the same hit than the tolerance. But you can, you can experiment. The database is incomplete. Well, it's been mentioned in the question at the very start of the summer where the database can be improved by putting a pure sample inside here and then running a biofeedback scan and then using those frequencies in the database rather than the existing frequencies. And that's very, very true. Most of the frequencies in the database are through experimenters trying things, finding things work for them, discussing it with other, with other researchers, and then they're included in the database. But it might be that they're a few decimal places out, or it might be that they're an octave of the true frequency. And so with this more modern equipment, we can improve on the database. The database changes each, on each release of Spooky 2. And each database is obviously more precise and more comprehensive than the previous one. Only matches in the main database are reported, so if no database matches were found, then nothing will be reported in the reverse lookup. And you can also choose octaves. Octaves means harmonics. If you want to know other frequencies which will have a similar effect, then you choose the octaves, the include octaves option. Okay, let's assume you get a biofeedback hit of six megahertz. Now, there's not going to be much likelihood of a reverse lookup report because six megahertz is beyond the range of most of the frequencies in the database. Okay, but the signal response has already indicated that a cellular response has been found. It just means that Spooky can't put a, a label on it. We'll, we'll draw an analogy. You've read a New York Times bestseller list, and you decide you want to get a copy of a book on the list. Uh, you go down to your library and you ask for a copy to borrow. The library say to you that they've, they've never heard of this book. It's a new book. They've never heard of it. It doesn't mean that the book doesn't exist and that the book can't be read. It only means that the library has not yet got a copy and the library hasn't put it in their database. That's very close to what Spooky is. You know, when you do a reverse lookup, Spooky's saying, I'm sorry, that that frequency is not in the Spooky library yet. Because Spooky is a community effort, more than likely there will be a frequency in the next Spooky release because people report back. These are the frequencies that have worked for me. What shell preset should you use with the results of a Generator X biofeedback scan, killing or healing? Because Generator X only returns killing frequencies, please use a killing preset. After a biofeedback scan of Generator X, can we then run the scan results on the XM generator? And which waveform multipliers, if any, should we use? Now, this is quite an interesting question. Uh, yes, you can run the results from the Generator X biofeedback scan on the XM generator. Now, some of the frequencies may be too high for the XM generator, but most of the frequencies should be within reach. 
Generatorics can go up to, up, well, very high, but the XM can only go to five megahertz. There's a trick called wave cycle multiplier. If you set the wave cycle multiplier to four, you can th then reach all the frequencies that are within the generator X biofeedback scan. And so if you do want to run the results, and if any of the results are over five megahertz, set the wave cycle multiplier to four and you'll be okay. There are some disadvantages in doing that because the XM generator wasn't really designed to go that fast. It's kind of like when you buy a car and then you remove the catalytic converter. You're not supposed to do it, but you can. And please don't do it at home. I don't recommend that at all. But um, it's possible. And so we're taking off the training wheels of the XM generator to make it go up to 20 megahertz with a wave cycle multiplier of four. The accuracy of the XM generator will not be so great you'll also have the waveform not quite so precise. I'm currently doing the Morgellons line protocol. Can I use the results of a generator X biofeedback scan in place of the pulse or biofeedback scan for Morgellons line? And the answer is yes, you can. Just use the generator X scan preset and set the maximum hits to find to 10. This is because that preset expects 10 results and so you set the maximum hits to 10 let generator x do its magic and then you can slip the hits into the preset how do we know that generator x is not picking up healthy gut bacteria while doing a scan is there a filter mechanism or some way of finding out which ones are for pathogens and which ones are for healthy bacteria now there is no filter me mechanism it's not magic Generator X is finding the resonant points of all tissue, in fact, all substance between the tens pads. So it is important to place them close to the problem area. So any hits are the problem ones. So if you are going across your gut, it is true that you will be getting some healthy bacteria as well. Now, if you do have a serious condition, we found actually that the gut is a fantastic place to locate tens pads for general full body scans even. The gut can always be repopulated with healthy bacteria through eating fermented foods like kefir and kombucha, yogurt even. Good yogurt, live, live yogurt. And um, you can still hit the pathogens that reside in that area safely. Would there be any reason not to run a scan every day with Generator X? Would you stick to the same four-day period, like with the Speaky Pulse? At the beginning of the summer, I was saying three, now we're down to four. Well, as I said, you know, we're doing scans so seldom with Speaky Pulse because Speaky Pulse is so slow and you've got to keep still for such a long period of time. Now, because Generator X scans are so much faster, these can be done even several times a day if you if you wish. Okay. Introducing the sample holder. Great. But this is the end of the presentation which which we got ready for you. Right. Now while I was talking, I wasn't I didn't have access to the time and, and I, I kind of figured I'd be a bit overboard. But um, now some of you have fallen asleep. There's you you there's an icon that comes up whenever you fall asleep. And I see most of you have got your, your icon flag up. But I'll ignore that and just 
track on. Now, some questions have come through while I've been talking. Uh, let's have a look. Can we recycle plates? Um, okay, can we recycle these plates? Uh, we're talking back again about the sample holder. Yes, you can recycle the plates. Um, as I said, it's best to um, replace them over periods of time because they do tend to absorb on the edges. Um, are the plates only for biofeedback? Yes, it is designed for only biofeedback, but they happen to perform the same as the very, very first remotes that were used. And so um, they can function as primitive remotes. How long do you keep the same sample in? Well, um, I suggested eight hours or working day. Don't keep it too long because the, the type of samples that you have in here, they will decay and break down over time. Um, okay, so that's uh, dum -dum -dum. uh, yes, how good? Okay, I've done that. Okay, um, Maya Green, you're asking for generator X offline. Uh, colloidal silver will give less amplitude, i.e., zap, less perceived. If you're using a colloidal silver port then yes, because that port contains a limiting resistor. It safely limits the current when you're making colloidal silver. Colloidal silver takes very low current levels to run, and the resistor does two things. It limits the current and also makes the current more stable, more consistent throughout the, um, the production run of the colloidal silver. And both of those are desirable things. And so yes, it does... Um, give it a less amplitude because the resistor drops the power that goes to the silver rods. And this is why when you use the colloidal silver port in contact mode, you will give no, you won't feel any zapping at all. It's microcurrents and millicurrents, low, low millicurrents passing through your body. You don't need very high currents if you have the right frequency. And of course, to get the right frequency, you need something like this or some other biofeedback, like a TENS pad, define the right frequency. Okay, uh, Lawrence Lee, you're asking, what about lungs, especially the left lung? Now, that's a problem because the left lung encompasses the heart. Now, if you want to do um, your lungs, uh, you can go below your heart. You can, you can go pretty much where you're at the bottom of your rib cage because the rib cage is protecting your heart. You go beneath your rib cage. It's got the added bonus of the signals not having to pass through or around bone tissue. And so it improves the results a little bit there as well. Um, how DNA adapter really works with spooky systems? That's a question by Adam. A DNA adapter. Well, this isn't a DNA adapter. This is a sample holder. Um, how does it... I'm, I'm just trying to understand what the question is. Well, this... This is designed for Spooky. It only works with Generator X because the XM generator doesn't have a way of monitoring electrical signals. And of course, when you put a, put a sample in here, a saliva sample, it hasn't got a pulse. <laughs> or if it has, we've never measured one. And so you can't use Spooky pulse. You need to have a generator that's extra high speed that can monitor the signal, and only Generator X can do that. And so it's Designed for Generator X, clip in, clip on, and go. 
Okay, Mayor Green again. If you want, if one wants to use blood as a sample for a moat, can one use glass or plastic slides versus paper? Will this affect response? Uh, okay, so we're talking about using um, this with spooky remote. Can you use glass? Absolutely. It will. If you use tape for holding blood, the blood will dry. However, the DNA is still intact, even in dry blood. The dry blood will have a longer life than blood that's in glass slides. You know, if you put them in slides or um, plastic slides, certainly um, you'd want to replace that sample very often. Definitely daily, I'd suggest. But um, if you use a blood sample on paper, the blood will disperse into the paper, into the sticker, or whatever means you use. It will dry, and then it'll be good for several weeks at least, I should imagine. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, um, Maya, you're saying about the silver port again. Um, you're using, you're wanting to use pads on your cheeks. Anything above the neckline, we don't recommend. Because we can only give advice to people, you can take it or leave it. If you do have to go above the neckline, then the colloidal silver would be the safest way to do it, the colloidal silver port, because the the power levels are reduced uh, to a level which is very, very safe. But we do recommend that people talk to their trained medical professional and get medical advice if they're wanting to treat themselves above the neckline. Everything that's really important, like this, is, is uh, living in that area, so you really don't want to be ruining anything. Okay, other questions have come in. Okay, um, now, Bev. Um, now, Bev lives in a beautiful part of New Zealand, which is wild. It's untamed, and so this is quite a... I, I knew this question would have come from you, Bev. Can you use the sample... I guess you're asking, can you use this, the sample holder, to test tree sap, such as kauri dieback? We haven't done it. And after, you, after doing it, I don't think you'll get these plates apart. But if you can get the sap, sap's quite thick from the tree. But if you can get fresh sap, that's a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. And so the answer will be yes. But, the, but kauri sap used to be used for glue. And so once you've done your treatment, and once you've done, sorry, your, um, your biofeedback scan on the, on the uh, Kari sample, I think you'd have to throw away the plates and use another pair. But these will be disposable. Um, I'm, you know, we'll, be, we'll be giving them a few pairs of these with each, each unit, and they're, they're cheap enough, so um, you just throw it away and use it again. But wouldn't it be fantastic if we can finally find the frequency that's killing off all the magical Kari forests that are in New Zealand? It seems like to be a global thing where trees are dying. Redwood in America. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe inadvertently Spooky is providing an answer for agriculture as well as for mankind. 
And this is where we need our users to report back to us and give us the good news. But um, theoretically, it should work fine. Okay. Uh, okay. When using blood drops, can be can it be placed on filter paper? I think I've I've answered that already. Yes, you can be, but the results aren't so accurate because the plates go further apart. But maybe you can get a filter paper that's thinner than the filter paper that we use. It's just really the distance between the plates. It's got to be very, very close. Okay. And it's handy to, to put, it's handy to put runtime for contact mode our program so you know how long your program requires. That's true. This was a question from Chris Brooks. That's true. Most frequencies in the database run for three minutes, Chris. So just count the number of frequencies and multiply by three, and that'll give you a program time. Um, also, when you load programs into Spooky, it, Spooky gives an indication of how long the program will take. If you're using Spooky Remote and you're using a remote preset, more than likely the programs will be set to loop, so they'll be running for longer periods of time. But for contact mode programs, look on the indications on the top right-hand side of the screen and you'll see the estimated time that the program will take. And so it is shown to you. Okay, can you please explain features of the old and new remotes? <laughs> well, the old remotes used to, um, the very first remotes, even before Spooky came on the scene, was like the, these ones here, and they were quite primitive. They didn't work fantastically well, to be true, to be honest, but they did work, and they they're like a proof of concept, and we just had to improve on the concept, which we did on the first speaker remotes, and we've done the gain quite substantially on the second remote. So these can't replace a remote. They can, however, still function as a remote, given enough time. And that's really the, the convenience of already having a sample in there. It can do the biofeedback scan, and then do the treatment on the same sample. It's really the convenience, which is the greatest benefit of that. Um, so you can perform multiple biofeedback scans. Yeah, that's, it's, um, it's quite, quite exciting that. So that's really the differences. The new remotes are more effective because they use different ways of creating scalar waves. They work on DNA entanglement. These don't use scalar waves at all. They've got a, they, they create an electric field, whereas both of our remotes, our existing modern one and the earlier one, use a combination of both magnetic and electric. And you need the combination of the two in a special way for them to really work well. Okay, so that does that one. How DNA adapter really work? Okay, I've done that one. How do you remove Generator X programs oh, that you have saved from? Oh, okay. Kevin Church, you're asking, how do you remove Generator X programs that you've saved from the Programs tab? So I'm assuming um, you've loaded the program into your generator. I guess that you're asking, how do you wipe the generator? Well, there's a delete button on the um, on the on the program loading screen. So the first thing you do, you go to your control tab and you open up the generator which you want to remove the offline program of. You press the load button 
which is normally loading a program onto the generator, but you still press the load button. And there's a button on the screen for delete. And so you just highlight the program you want to delete and just press the delete, delete button. And then you can exit out. And then you've, you've now created a bit of space. There's also the facility of clearing all the buttons. Sorry, clearing all the buttons, clearing all the programs. And of course, you can simply overwrite existing programs. So you don't need to delete and then write a new program over the, you know, where the other one is deleted. Just overwrite the old one, and then you're away. Okay, um, now, Adam, you've asked the question, um, Royal Rife applied the fragrances for a brief period of time daily and recommended to drink plenty of water. You're asking how much time is recommended with the XM or Spooky system and how much water shall be consumed. Well, it's not quite right, Adam. Royal Rife applied his frequencies either second or third day, and he certainly did, though, recommend the uh, consumption of water to help flush out any toxins in your body. He also was using plasma to do the frequency work, and spooky remotes um, don't work in a, in a similar way to plasma. So it's possible that it's more gentle on your body. If you're using a plasma, which is a very strong way of applying frequencies and certainly the way to use for serious conditions, um, how much time shall you use uh, is recommended. It's best to continue treatments and monitor and measure results. Everybody's different. Everyone's condition is different. It, the, if you've even got the same condition in your body, is somebody else, the bugs inside your body will be different because they'll be a different strain of bug. They'll be tuning themselves to live best in your body. And so really you need something like a biofeedback system to measure the response and see where you're going. And also going to have, you know, to have regular scans uh, in your clinic if, if you've got something very serious wrong that can be seen. So you continue until you get results and you give yourself a break if you're using plasma. You can treat yourself every day with plasma. Again, everyone's different. But if you feel any form of high eczema effect, which is when you're feeling super tired, you've got flu-like conditions, headache perhaps, these are the toxins that have been released in your body as a result of the frequency applications. And so if you do feel bad, Give yourself a break. Give yourself a bit of a holiday. Let your body handle and remove these toxins. Run the detox programs on your spooky generators and help your body do the work it has to do before resuming the frequency treatment. You may need to give yourself a longer break when you first start treatments. And then when your body's um, clearing itself of all the rubble that's inside it, then you can maybe treat yourself more often, maybe even do yourself daily. Or give yourself overnight treatments for, for plasma. So, um, you know, Spooky is always involving, always improving, always listening to the users and, and sponging ideas, getting ideas and, and growing them to something which is really amazing. Now, I believe I've answered all the questions that come through Q&A and in the chat side of the seminar. So we'll close now. We're, we're right overboard. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, the, we are very excited for the sample holder. It's taken a while to develop because there's 
a few obstacles that we had to sort of overcome. It's something that is inherently simple. But in high frequencies, funny things happen. Electricity bounces off wires. Things that shouldn't happen do happen. <laughs> and so we had to be very careful in the dimensions of the unit, making sure that the signal integrity is high. The quality has got to be high. So um, this has been a major reason why it's taking such a long time. But, you know, we've done the hard yards. We're now making the units and, you know, we're told in a week's time the unit's going to be ready. The box might take a little bit longer, but if you need it sooner, we can maybe sort something out. So just contact us at spooky2-more.com. We'll arrange something. We always try and look after you. So thank you very much for everybody watching. Please continue giving back all your feedback and um, the reports that you give, your, your health reports. It's important to us that we know how our equipment's being applied. We can then spread what you have learned to other people. If you've discovered something important, we can include them and create notes within a preset that then help other people. And so rather than helping the one or two people that you know, you'll be helping thousands of people that you don't know. And they're only friends that you haven't met yet. So Spooky is a big community. It's everyone working together for a greater good. So thank you so much for everybody. Now I think if the, the sleeping flag has now come up for everybody that's online. Yes, everybody except for Terry Hill. <laughs> thank you for watching. Catch you next time. Goodbye.